0: anything like that so if you head over to airbnb and search elk and getaway in the pa wilds you'll find my listing there and you can rent out my house you send us a message and inquiry that you're interested in it and mention that you heard it on the podcast here then we'll get you 10 percent off of your first day
1: are you an adventurer looking to take your hunt to the next level you're in the right place welcome to east meets west hunt with your host Martonic.
0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the East Meets West Hunt podcast presented by Spartan Forge. On today's episode, I am joined by North Carolina mountain buck hunter, Ryan Elders. Ryan has been hunting the mountains of Western North Carolina his entire life with some great success, which has led to success on out-of-state hunts no matter where he goes. We discuss some of Ryan's success stories, why he chooses the windward side of the ridge, scrapes, backpack hunting, out-of-state deer hunting rut trips, and much more. On this week's Mountain Buck Monday Story of the Week, we have a story coming from Alex Grosso out of Pennsylvania. He said, this is my 2019 PA buck and my biggest to date. I decided to take a hike and reach the ridge top of this mountain. The west side of the mountain is very steep and acts as a constant wind tunnel. I sat just over the ridgeline facing east one morning where I was still able to see well across the ridgeline behind me which was about 25 yards wide. Here, the wind is pretty calm unlike the opposite side. On the west side of the mountain where it's steep, it's covered with big rocks making it hard for deer to travel. Also, there's a small bench about 50 yards below the rocks. There is a perfect pinch where the rock split up for about 10 yards, which makes a perfect transition for the deer to cross to get to the opposite side of the ridge, the ridge that I was set up on. During a walk and stock hunt a couple days earlier, I found that feature and could hardly find any buck sign. No rubs, scrapes, or anything. But at the bottom of the ridge, there is a nice big food source with clover and, and other ag. There was plenty of sign down there, which I assumed was being made during the night. Something told me this was a great area to post up at. It had constant wind, exit routes, and cover, pines, and some long brush. It was 7 a.m., gray light it was just hardly making the woods visible. I heard something behind, come over the west slope, walk around on the ridgetop for a moment, then it became quiet. I saw a brief shadow of something, but couldn't make it out what it was yet. At this point, I knew it was a single deer, must have sat down bed along the top of the brush. I texted my cousin a few minutes later and told him I'm pretty sure there's a buck bedding 20 yards behind me and to my right. At 7.29 a.m., I took a photo of the sun coming over the mountains as it shined down on us. The very moment the sun lit up on the ridge I was sitting on, 7.30, the deer got up from the ridgetop to begin working his way down the east-facing ridge. He gave me a perfect 25-yard broadside shot. I know that because every time I look at that photo, it reminds me how the few seconds after I set it down, the buck came out. I believe this buck was using the west-facing slope and its wind is covered during the night and then came to bed at the top until the thermals begin to rise in the morning and use those to work his way down to his day bed. Well, congratulations, Alex, and I urge everybody to head over to East Meets West Hunt on Instagram or East Meets West Outdoors on Facebook to check out this buck. It's probably one of the most massive deer that I've seen, uh, especially coming out of Pennsylvania. But just the amount of mass and palmation on this deer is is crazy. Such a cool mountain buck. So congratulations, Alex. And uh, and yeah, good luck this season. And if anybody else has some stories they want to send in, some mountain buck success stories, send them in to my email, com. There's been a ton of them rolling in. Love to see it. Love to be able to share this stuff, so just share over your stories, and and, uh, I'll get them up. In other news, I got a lot of news this week, but I'll try to keep it short and sweet. My 2022 Pennsylvania deer hunt video is live on YouTube, so it just dropped on Sunday. I finally got it done being edited. This is not a fancy film by any means. This is basically me self-filming the whole season, showing you the process, and really showing how I was chasing a particular deer for the last three years and kind of breaking that down and I've never showed him at all never showed any trail cam pictures any of that stuff until now because he is dead and uh, so I I hope that uh, you guys enjoy that let me know what you think if you like it leave a comment you want to see more of that you know I'm always self-conscious a little bit when I'm doing the the self-filming there and it's not not the the best quality, but I tried to bring some education in it and show some maps and some different things to kind of give you a visual of what I was thinking during that time frame last year was a tough tough season it was it was uh really difficult to get on a buck, but uh, it ended up working out on the last day that I had to hunt during the archery season so I uh, hope everyone enjoys that uh also outdoor class so I had talked about that a while back, but my course scouting big woods bucks part one is live on outdoor class. So outdoor class has, if it, I'd recommend going back and listen to the episode I did in May with Randy Newberg, it was your mayor June. I think it came out talking about it, but basically it's a collective of hunters from all different walks and, and chefs and all these different things to, to be able to teach you and have all these courses in one place, one price, everything's included. Remy Warren has courses on there. Corey Jacobson, Randy Newberg, Mark Livesey, John Barklow, you name it. And so I'm I'm pretty happy to be and and just grateful to be involved with those names there. But if you want to use my code BO, which is B-E-A-U, yeah, you'll save, I believe it's 20% off of the course. So check that out. And, uh, lastly, I just want to say I had this episode has a little bit of breakup in the audio and video there. Uh, Ryan w- was having some, some connection problems during the, the episode. So I apologize for that. Uh, but, uh, I think, think that, uh, Matt and the team were able to displace it together pretty good. So hopefully you, you don't, uh, turn it off because of it, but I think it, it won't be that bad. but anyways thanks so much for listening if you like the the podcast please share it with your friends and leave a rating and review that helps out so much well this is our favorite time of year here as whitetail hunters so good luck to everybody stay safe and uh keep your head on a swivel all right we're live ryan elders welcome to the podcast
1: That's good to be here dude it is good to be here. Yeah, man. I'm a little nervous, but but I'm good. I'm happy about it.
0: Oh, you'll be good. This is your first podcast. It's not. It's not very often that I can find guests that are podcast virgins. So, like, I, I'm pumped about yeah. that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> There's no doubt. No doubt. I usually I'm pretty quiet about how I hunt and how I do things. So, I mean, you're the first. So.
0: Yeah. Well, you you'd caught my attention. Uh, I guess it was back in 2020 when we first started chatting a little bit you had sent in a submission for mountain buck monday i think it was 2020 wasn't
1: it it's 2020 yeah
0: yeah you had sent in a submission uh with you and and your buddy taylor um to about two giant bucks that you guys had killed um in north carolina hunting the mountains and stuff and i was like holy cow like this is serious and i remember looking at looking at your uh, instagram page and i'm like man he's killing bucks left and right. And it was, it seemed like you just, you, you were on it, but you're, you know, putting in a, a lot of work. So like yeah. it was, it was super interesting to me at that point. And then we finally got to, to meet up here in August at the Timber Ninja open house. And you and I sat there and talked deer hunting for probably three hours, maybe longer. Easy, and I was like, easy three yeah, hours. Man, yeah. man, we need to get you on the podcast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, no, it was it was uh, it was good getting to, to meet you in person there and and talk through it, and it's it's so cool because I get to meet a lot of sweet people just through the podcast and and events going to it. But it's like the way you know that you guys hunt and stuff, although the, there's obviously differences across the board and styles and a little bit of a train things like that. But there's so much similarities, you know, between. Pennsylvania, the places I hunt, and, you know, where you're at, North Carolina and Virginia and, and the whole Appalachian mountain range. But I guess first, do you say... I'm sure you say Appalachian, don't you?
1: Yeah, yeah, Appalachian.
0: And everyone from the South makes fun of me for saying Appalachian, but that's just the way we pronounce it.
1: Appalachian, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, but um anyway, so, Ryan, when we get... get it kicked off here. I just wanted to see if you could give a brief background kinda who you are, you know, what you do for a living and like kinda how you got in chasing mountain bucks.
1: Um, so uh I grew up in western North Carolina my entire life. Um didn't know that I was, you know, chasing mountain bucks. It's just our terrain, man. It's it's what we have to hunt. You know, it wasn't like, you know, this mountain buck thing has just gotten out of hand. You know, everybody's like, Oh mountain buck, mountain buck, mountain buck and I mean it, it's just normal to me. This is what we have to hunt, and and you know I didn't go out of my first out of state hunt until I was probably I was probably in my early twenties. You know I've hunted this my entire life, so going out of state and going to uh, uh, Ohio and stuff was a was an eye opener for me. But they uh, um, so I've lived in Western North Carolina, hunted here my whole life. My dad's a big deer hunter, so of course I was um, you know immersed in it at a young age. And, um, my dad, he probably, I mean, he beat woodsmanship into my head, number one. And I mean, it's worked the last few years, but they, uh, uh, worked for Pepsi. Um, I've worked there 14 years and, um, it's a pretty good gig, get a lot of vacation. And, um, the one good thing about it was before I, before I had the boy was we go in early and we get off kind of early. So, I was getting in the woods every day. You know, that's one reason I stayed there for so long. You know, I was in the woods just about four to five evenings a week. And um, so that was big. Um, But after we've had the boy, you know, I've had to kind of sacrifice. And I mean, it is what it is. I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't take it back for nothing. You know, I'm just going to have to rely on some more historical data this year because (laughs) I haven't got to get in the woods like I really need to or, or want to. But I mean, it's a good trade off.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's that's awesome and and I, I wanted to comment on something you talking about the term mountain bucks because where you know where I grew up, that's just you know what we hunted was the big woods, yeah, and yeah. you know some places were steeper than others, but like it was just like that's what we hunted. But when I moved away, I think I don't know if it was in college or afterwards, I moved to the Pittsburgh area, and everyone's like, "Oh, you're from the mountains, you hunt those mountain bucks." And I remember like that just <laughs> yeah. stuck in my mind, and I'm like, because yeah, I just didn't know, you know, that that was just what we hunted, and that's kind of where that yeah. term came from, and and you know now it's it's like a, a pretty yeah. household term. Um, but which is like for a guy? Go ahead.
1: I said the the mountain buck thing. You know, like I don't know how you classify a mountain buck, and I classify a mountain buck. You know, like these deer that are down in our settlements and stuff. Like I, they're not mountain bucks to me. You know what I mean? Like the deer I'm killing on these sides of these cliffs, and you know, in roto thickets and mountain laurel thickets. Like that's a mountain buck to me on public land. You have walked your hind end off. You know, you've pulled. Two thousand feet elevation to get where you're at. That's a mountain buck, you know. And people throw that term around. Oh, I killed a mountain buck, and they're taking a picture of him in a, you know, cut hayfield. It's like I, I don't really feel like that's a mountain buck, you know. What my my definition of a mountain buck would be.
0: No, no, that that makes sense. It's funny because I've tried. I've had that question asked me like, what do you define as a, a mountain buck? Like, how much elevation needs to be gained? And I'm like, I don't yeah. really know. But like, like when I'm hunting areas that are like. And not that it really matters, but it's just, it's funny. But like, there's areas that I have that are like more rolling flatter, but still just all timber. So I call that more like big woods bucks. And then, you know, as you get into steeper, bigger stuff, it's like mountain bucks, but yeah, yeah. I, you know, I mean, I, all, I'm not exactly sure. They're
1: all the, <laughs> yeah, they're all the same, you know. I mean, they're all equally as hard to kill. It's not like they're any easier. Tomato, tomato,
0: right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you for sure.
0: Um, that that's that's cool. But you know, I and I, I noticed that like you've hunted with your dad quite a bit and everything like even just like look hearing from your stories and your posts and stuff that i've seen in the past like it, it definitely yeah, seemed but, like a similar kind of upbringing like that that i had with you know having a father that kind of taught you through some of that stuff
1: yeah i mean i mean my dad's dragged me through every laurel thicket and uh uh ridge and rock cliff and and all over the place man i mean he 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 really spent the time with me you know what i mean like he didn't have to but he did, and this is the way he hunted. So in turn, this is the way I hunt.
0: Yeah, no, he, that,
1: he's I... getting older up in age, and and he can't get where he you know he can't get to the places he'd like to get to anymore. So he like he sends me in there like, hey man, you went you went check that rock bluff out. You know, I ain't hunted in there since like nineteen ninety, you know that kind of thing. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah so he, he's kind of he's kind of living a little bit through you now with like some of the spots yeah, i probably yeah. used to get to and everything yeah yeah
1: but that's, he was with really me in cool. 20 he was with me in 2021 and that was that was cool man that was that was uh that was fun
0: well yeah tell me a little bit about that hunt like what what uh what happened there and like with you know, i know you said your dad was with you on it
1: so I start in 2020. So I was hunting a deer in 2020 and he was a big mainframe 10. And I mean, just a slob of a deer and I laid with him dirty faced and I actually killed the deer that I sent you on the mountain buck. I knew that deer was there too, but he was so like sporadic and he just would never come through there. And so I was hunting in there for the 10 and um, that deer come by and I killed him and um, it tagged me out for the year. So I really kept tabs on that big 10. I was like, man, like, I really want to kill that deer. And he was really nocturnal. And, and whenever he'd show up in daylight, it'd be like Tuesday at like 10 o'clock. And I'd be getting a cell cam picture of him while I'm rolling drinks at Pepsi. And I'm like, oh, gosh, you're killing me, man. And I'd go in there, lay with him like two, three days, nothing. And um, so in 2021, I decided, I was like, man, I've got to find where this deer. I knew the general vicinity of where he was bedding, but I wasn't like, I don't think like our deer don't bed like they'll be in beds, but they're not like in one bed. Like I think it's more of like a they're bedding on this face or they're bedding, you know what I mean? They're they're close to the same bedding area, but they're not exactly in the same bedding area. And um so I was like, I'm gonna figure out where this deer's coming from. So twenty twenty one, I really laid with that deer and I was like, Man, like this is the deer, no other deer, it's gonna be him or bust. And, uh, dude, I run like a trail, like a, like a trap line of camp cameras in there and, uh, never picked him up. And I was like, dude, is he alive or is he dead? What happened to him? And when I, mean, I was getting pictures of other good bucks and, um, I had actually had a deer in there, I had some, he had a flyer and a, a split brow and whatnot. And I was like, and he was decently regular. And I was like, well, I mean, he's in there, you know, I'll go in there and hunt. And, uh, this is the same place I killed the deer in 2020. So I go in there that morning and dad was like hey you want me to come with you and i was like yeah i mean you know it's like an hour it's like an hour and 30 hour and 40 just depending on and he's like well i'll go as far as i can go with you i was like cool man so we went and you know he turned off where he was going to turn off and um he was actually on the low side of the clear cut um that i was hunting on the upper side and um so he takes me this is the craziest story so he takes me at like seven 30 and he was like dude i just let a dandy slip me and i was like what are you getting old on me you know what i mean like you don't ever let these deer slip you and uh he was like man, he was in that clear cut and he just you know it was right at daylight and he was like man he just slipped me and i was like ah, whatever and he was like well he's headed your way and i was like yeah right 40,000 acres of government land like he can go anywhere and me and him are probably we're probably 800, 900 yards apart. We're pretty good click apart. And, uh, he was like, he's headed your way. And I was like, yeah, whatever. So I'm sitting there and, you know, in every twig now, cause he's told me he's coming my way. I'm like kicking my head around, like heads on a swivel. And, um, I was sitting there and it kind of just like got my own little zone and kind of just let that slide, you know, like, well, you know, it's 40,000 acres. What's the chances of this? And, uh, I hear something and, So, I leaned over and looked down the ridge, and it's real thick in there, man. It's like, it's a clear cut and a uh, select cut and a a mountain laurel thicket. They all kind of diverge right there, and there's a scrape. It's like three points just meet right there, and that scrape just gets wore out. I mean, it just, there'll be 17, 15, 17 different bucks on it, you know. They just, they may not stay there. They may be passing through, whatever, and um, so... I'm sitting there and I, I hear that and I lean out and I look and the way the sun's coming in there through those, through all the briars and whatnot, all I can see is tines coming up the ridge. And I was like, Ooh, that's, that's a shooter. And you know how it is. Like when you see one, you know, it's a shooter. Like, you yeah, know, yeah. like thinking about it, like, and so I leaned back and I picked up my rifle and I leaned back over. And when I leaned back over, he was in a bunch of stuff and, uh, he kept, I had a cell camera there, like I said, and, and I could feel it vibrating in my pocket and it sending me pictures. And I'm looking down the scope of this deer. I just, I just can't do anything about it. He's just in all those brambles, and I'm like, dude, just, just give me something, you know, just give me something. Well, he breaks out of scrape and he comes walking up the hill, and uh, there's a big red up between me and him. And I'd kind of got uh, where I hunt at in there. I'm, I'm, I know, like a lot of your people in here, you know, Nathan Killen and, and Weiss and what they, they talk about the off winds, and that's what I kind of had was an off wind, but I also had played my thermals to a. Uh, there's a little bowl right in below me and all my thermals, you drop milkweed, son, it sticks in that thermal. And then, I mean, it won't go anywhere. Like it just drops into that hole and it stays there. And, um, so he got right on the edge of that bowl and he, like big deer, they don't blow all the time. You know, they just kind of like dude, something like right here. And he went to back up like he'd froze there and he was <laughs> staring up the hill and he could smell me. He just, in his brain, he couldn't figure out where I was at. And, um, So, he went to back up, like, you know how they just kind of, like, step backwards, and when he backed up and turned down the hill, I had, like, I gave him the gusto, man, I had, like, a probably an eight-inch hole through those briars, and I cracked him right in the back of the neck, and, I mean, he hit the ground, and and at this point, I still didn't know how good he was, and uh, I knew he was a good deer, and as soon as I tapped the trigger, my phone goes just, (laughs) dad's calling me. I answered, and he was like, what was that? I was like, I don't know, it was a dandy. It was a good deer. I mean, I don't know how big it was, but. He had some tines on it, and uh, he said, "Well, you call me. Th- you call me back when, when, if you get down there, and, and he's he's a real good one." So I get down there and I come around the the side of that big red oak and I look at him. and I'm like, "Dude, what did I just kill?" You know what I mean? Like I'm looking at him. He's laying there. He's got, you know, 13, 14 inch G3s, and I'm like, "Good night, man." You know, like. So I'm like staring at him. Like, I gotta call bad back, you know. And uh, so I'm like looking at him, like sitting in front of him, you know. I and mean? How you do. You just sit there and admire him for a minute and uh i'm looking at him i'm like dude this is my 10 point this is the 10 point i've been hunting here for two years and uh, what he'd done is he had messed up his his left his left side and it's it kind of curls back in towards his forehead and looks like a ball bat on the end he just messed his whole like where he was that big perfect 10 he just he done something velvet and just wadded that side up i mean it's still like a twenty three and a half inch main beam, but it was just like all wadded up and gnarled up on the end. And so I called that. Anyways, I called that back. And I'm like, oh, dad, dude, he's a, he's a stud, you know? And <laughs> yeah. he was like, I got one question for you. And he was like, uh, he's like, I got one question for you. He's like, "Is it got a, uh, is his horn crooked? And I was like, yeah, it's got a whole, like it's whole left side of curls back towards his forehead. And he was like, that's the deer I saw this morning.
0: No way.
1: And I was like, there's no way. How else would he have known that it had a had a curled in horn like that unless he saw it? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, cause it's a pretty like severe curl in like he he saw the deer. It just slipped him that morning. And I'm guessing that he was laid out. I mean, I don't know. I, I've never had a picture of a big deer on that side of the mountain. The side that he was that side of the draw that he was on. I've, I've got cameras and stuff over there. I've just never had a, a picture of a big deer over there. And there's some big old rubs over there, but I've just never had the picture of them. So I've never spent any time over on that side. And uh, you know how old guys are. I'm sure your dad's the same. Just oh, looks like a place a deer will come through. You know, it just looks like. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's got that intuition, you know. And i uh, like, well, man, I don't have any confidence in it, so you can just hammer down with it. And uh, <laughs> But it's just weird, man. Like that many acres and, and that deer just – it walks from him to me. Like how like – you couldn't
0: do that a million times over. Well, it, it's it's funny you say that, like, uh, about the intuition thing, because it's like my dad and even some of my other family members are like that. It's just like, you know, it's just you look at it. And the more the more I've gotten to hunt, you start to get those feelings. But yeah. now I always, like, ask myself, why does it feel like this is a good, yeah. you know, good spot. Like, you know, just like out of my own curiosity, I think it comes from doing the podcast and other stuff. I'm always like curious of like why, you know, but some, you know, it's, you get that intuition. It's, it's super good. But I'd, I'd like to ask a couple other questions about like that setup was like, so in the places like that, you hunt, do they typically just log like the top of the hills. Or they do side hills. Um, oh, anything like no, that? No, they
1: do mostly. I mean, you know, I mean, you've, you've walked here with Jason some. You've seen how like rough and steep our stuff is. Like, it's oh, yeah. like our tops might, our tops might be 20 yards wide. You know what I mean? They're, there's some of them that neck down to like needle tops. But so they usually do the side hills. I mean, it's just easier. They highline line log them. You know, they put a, a crane at the top in, and they, you know, they cut them and, and come out with a, with a winch and stuff. But um, so they usually side hill our stuff. And I, I do things a little different than, you know, a lot of people, you know, you hear that the tactic thing you know like it's it's just been overused like oh you, you know you, you this is a tactic and that's a tactic and it's like man you know like I, I feel like everything some things work better for other people than they do for you so the 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 way that I look at it is the, the uh, uh, it's, everything works different for everybody else you know what I mean like you if you have something that works don't change it because you're you know so-and-so said or you know Whatever. Anyways, I mean, I think everybody, whenever they start hunting mountains and hill country, everybody buys the Dan Infault Hill Country DVD. I mean, I think everybody watches that. You know, leeward sides of the mountains, this and that, and the buck bedding and, and all that. And, and you know, a lot of everybody talks about the mountains hunting the leeward sides. And, uh, yes, whenever I'm hunting early season and I'm hunting, you know, uh, hunting in the early season and hunting the rut. But once I figure out those bucks are, are – starting to push does, you know, and they're starting to check does, I'm 100% going to the windward side. And, I mean, people, like, look at me like I'm crazy when I say that. But, like, I got to have some sort of structure below me that I think the does are bedding in, clear cut, laurel thicket, you know, something like that. But those bucks, I like that, you know, 40, 50-yard pinch from the top of the ridge to wherever that's at. And those bucks seem to cruise that. And that's that spot like I'm talking about in 2020 deer to 2021 deer. That's kind of what it is. It just – You know, those deer don't want to be on the top of the ridge. They want to be, you know, they don't want to be silhouetted up there, so they're going to get off on the side hill. And uh, they can cruise that, and they can get the wind out of the clear cut, wind out of the select cut, wind out of the laurel thicket, and still have the wind in their face, and they can cruise that ridge. And it's just like a small little gap right there that they can do that in. And uh, it's one of those spots, you know, the intuition. I walked in there the first time, and I was like, dude, this place is like – Wind's right. Thermal's right. Like this is it. This is the killing spot. And, um, I mean, it's worked, but the, the, I just think that those big deer, man, when they, they live by their nose, they live by their thermals, they live by their nose. And that's the only problem I have in there is I have to have a Northwest wind. You know, I have to, like, I'm, I'm not getting away with anything but a Northwest wind in there, you know, anything Southeast, anything East at all. Um, I just, it's not happening
0: interesting so i mean all right so if how does that ridge run then so like you're basically you'd be on a western western side i'd be on a western
1: i'd be on a western slope yeah
0: have you ever wanted to have levi morgan andy may johnny stewart and others available at all times well you can with cyber scout from spartan forge cyber scout is like the chat gpt for outdoors men and women you can ask it any questions related to bow building, scouting, hunting, survival, and a whole lot more. I think you'll be impressed with how it responds. CyberScout is currently out now for a select group of early beta testers and will be available to the rest of you really soon. The entire app is a complete tool for planning your hunt with incredible aerial imagery, mapping, journaling, deer prediction, and some of the most accurate and detailed weather data. Use the code EASTMEETSWEST to save 20%. And if you're still on the fence, give the 14-day free trial a chance at spartanforge.ai. CVA has been America's number one selling muzzleloader brand for over a decade. Hunting with a muzzleloader opens up a ton of hunting opportunities across the U.S., and I've been using the Acura series. But they don't only make badass muzzleloaders. Their line of centerfire rifles are great quality and not terrible on the wallet. The Cascade Short Barrel is ideal for tight quarters, deer drives, and quick shots in the big woods. You can check out their line of muzzleloaders, rifles, and accessories for every season and every range at bpioutdoors.com slash CVA. If you use the code EASTMEETSWEST10, you'll get 10% off of all CVA products, which includes rifles, muzzleloaders, and accessories. Is, is, uh the actual leeward side if you had a western wind is that more open or is it the same type of terrain over there what is that it's, or it's vegetation it's more
1: it's more it's more it's more open on that side it's See, more and, open you know big timber
0: yeah and, and i would totally agree like, i totally agree with you on that i don't think you're crazy as far as like I, I was talking about it when I did a scouting camp. We were at a spot um, it was a piece of private, big, but it was all big woods. I get you consider it mountain country and the the leeward side was wide open, just mature oaks and cherry and other timber. And the windward side had laurel thickets and it was like that's where the sign was and it's like for me, the way I look at it, and and again it could be different for everybody, but the way I look at it is the deer have, you know, the sense of smell, they have a sense you know, their eyesight and they have their hearing. And it's like they need at least a couple of those in their favor to really do it. It's like, okay, yeah, the leeward side, yeah, you have your wind, you know, maybe a little bit better, but it's like what else they have, like, they can't really escape. They can't, you know, the, the, the hearing yeah, where they can, you know, with the thick cover, the, those does can bed in there and be able to hear they can, you know, somewhat be able to smell, you know, with the thermals and everything that are there. And, you know, they have eyesight, like if they're bedding on the edge of it or, or even just in the center, but it's just like, they, to me, I, I value cover over wind. Um, when it comes down to something like along oh, those yeah. the, versus open woods.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm with you. I uh, that high stem count where, wherever the sign is, man. Like wherever the yeah. sign is, that's. I don't care if it's windward, leeward. Um, I'm I'm not big on like you know straight north facing you know points and and slopes and stuff like that. I just I don't feel like you know it's colder there you know in the in the winter months and I don't feel like the deer use them as much. I mean I could be missing you know mundo over there on the north point you know with the wind blowing in his face, but. You know, but I, I just, I can't have any confidence over there. You know, there's not a lot of, I never find a whole lot of sign over there. You know, I mean, I guess in the summer, I guess that's where they do summer, you know, just because of the, of the cooler. But I mean, as far as hunting wise, I mean, I've killed deer on the leeward side. I'm not saying that I haven't, but that windward side, like if you can get some structure below you, it just seems like you can just, you can pinch them, you know, like they're, they're going to come through there. They're going to come scent bump. They're going to. And, and all those bucks, you know, they're just scent-checking that stuff, you know. I mean, they smell hot, though they're going to break into it before they ever get to you. But if they're scent-checking it, I mean, they're just cruising that little pinch through there.
0: Yeah, and, and so... How what like in the spots that you're setting up? What what are you setting up as far as what is the wind doing in the spot where you like to set up? Like do you like you said you were talking about that upper edge of that structure, whether it's laurel or clear cut or whatever? Like
1: yeah,
0: where how do you want the wind to be coming? You know he said the 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 windward side, but what exactly does that mean from how you set up?
1: Like if you're setting on the on the on that west face, and um, so the way that I set up there is all the structures below me and I am dead in line with where those, where I was talking about that scrape is. I am dead in line with where all that point meets. I mean, it's like 40 yards below me. And um, so if anything is coming in there on a Northwest wind, it is at an angle where it's coming from either that scrape, uh, thicket, whatever. And it's coming across me and blowing over top of the ridge and hitting that big open timber down there where I'm not expecting him to be, you know, I don't want him there. Because I'm, I can't see it, so I'm expecting yeah. him to be in this high stem count, coming around through there. in that high stem count, you know, and he can smell it all. He feels safe. Um, uh, like the first deer in 2020, the the big heavy horn deer, dude. I shot him at like 15 yards on the ground. He didn't even know I existed <laughs> until you know what I mean. Until I leaned out to get around a limb because I was sitting on the ground. When I leaned out to shoot him, like that was the first moment he knew I was even in the world. He come through there like. Like a donkey with his ears laid back, just kind of bouncing through there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he was like totally oblivious. Yeah. And I mean, and all he had to do, all he had to do, was move up the ridge, maybe twenty five yards. If he did come twenty five yards higher, he'd have smelt before I ever saw him. It's just that's where they move at, you know. And that that's that's the point. From there down, uh, I've had some smaller bucks work out that top, you know, and, and wind me. But I just don't think those big deer are gonna walk straight out the top of that ridge, you know. I just uh, I run a camera up there just to make sure that I'm not missing something. <laughs> yeah. I always pull it when I, I always pull it when I go in, you know. And I've I've had pictures. Uh, I had that picture of the the 2020 deer up there um, of a night. I mean, like two o'clock in the morning, he'd walk the top of that ridge because there was some scrapes on top of that ridge, and uh, I'm sure he was he could still scent check all that stuff i'm sure he was smelling those you know and he was making testosterone born scrapes on top of that ridge just you know to let everybody know hey man i'm here yep but it's funny it's talking about that talking about the 2021 20, deer the the big 10 he was a he was a nine when i killed him he was a big 10 when i hunted him the, the first time uh, so he was pretty regular in that scrape i was talking about like he cleaned it out like on the rig and and uh, but it was a lot of like those like right at like 10 minutes before daylight 10 minutes like after dark so i knew i was like a pretty good ways from his bedding but i mean i did i still thought you know one hot though that's what i always tell myself in the mountains around here man it's just just one hot though you know it's all it takes and um so they uh uh that deer whenever the 2020 deer showed up that big heavy horn nine point when he showed up, um, I noticed something was up because that Big Ten was, like, getting – he was real, like, on point coming to that scrape. And then he kind of got started getting sporadic. And I hadn't got a picture of that big heavy horned deer yet. And uh, I started having my two- and three-year-olds come to that scrape and did their whole main beam sheared off. They're down – tines missing. You know what I mean? Just beat up. And I was like, well, I know it's not that Big Ten because he's still perfect. Like, he's still got the sharp points on his horns. He's, like, no breakage, no nothing. And I was like, I mean, he's big enough. He's heavy enough. I, I mean, he could break some horns. But then I got a picture of that deer on the uh, 27th of November, I think. It was 27th of November, 28th of November. I got a picture. He come in and worked that scrape. And the moment he worked that scrape, there was not another deer came to that scrape. He was the only one for, I killed him on December the 7th. He was the only buck that came back to that scrape after he cleaned it out the first time. There was not another deer came to that scrape.
0: And that was, that was the 2020 buck, right?
1: Yeah, that that was the uh, the the uh, big heavy horn, the big old fat horn thick deer. But you well, know, they, I, bo- they both they him... both looked
0: pretty heavy horned, So I was I was struggling Yeah, The, yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> the twenty twenty deer, is, uh, he don't have the tines that twenty twenty one deer does, but he he has the uh, the uh, his his horns do. They look like bananas, man. His, his just his tines and stuff are just heavy. I and mean, the longest tine he had was like seven inches. But I mean, he was. I had him, I had him aged. You know how that goes. I mean, people talk about age this, age that. And they said he was six and a half. And, uh I mean, I've killed some big old deer. I've killed deer in Missouri. I've killed deer in, in Ohio. And you know, those Ohio deer, dude. They're stupid big. And, yeah. uh, that deer was, was, was like up there with an Ohio deer body wise. And I mean, you kill a 180 pound deer here, you've killed a slob. Like that's a big deer. And yeah. he was, uh, I wish I could have weighed him, but I never got the chance to weigh him because, um, I, 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 dude, I drove around. I I actually carted that deer out. I didn't even cut him up. He was so big. Like I was like, dude, this deer's so big. To show I him. want people to see. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dude, his legs, man, they look like coffee cans. I mean, he was just this big old burly thing. And you know, uh, I saw him breaking all those deer. His, the tips of all his times were just like splinter shattered. And so when I, I was like, that's the deer spent breaking everything. You know, that's the deer. And uh, huh. so, uh, I mean I, I, I mean, I guess, I mean, you know, you'll never know, but I mean, all, every tip of his horns were just shattered, just chips tipped off of them. I mean, you're not breaking that. It looked like my forearm. You know what I mean? You're not breaking that horn off. Yeah. So I guess he was the one, he was just a bully. He was just a, just a bully. I guess that's why none of the rest of the deer, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a biologist, but I'm guessing that's why none of the rest of the deer come back to the scrape. They're like, oh dude, he's here. I'm not coming back through here. You know, not until he's gone. And it's funny, I killed him December the 7th and that scrape, was hot i mean like there was deer coming to it all the time until he came to it and i killed him and um it took our season closed like on the 12th that year i think it was december 17th or it was like 10 days it was like 10 9 10 days that big 10 come back and cleaned that scrape out after i'd killed that deer and all the other deer came back and started working that scrape again just like it just <laughs> like it never happened
0: well, and and you guys is would you consider December like when you'd killed that deer and stuff like the rut
1: first week of December man
0: okay that's what yeah where you where you're at I remember Jason always talking about December like being being pretty oh, yeah. uh, like a hot time well, for like second, yeah where that's different you know like where I'm at in Pennsylvania it's like first second week in November and then I go to Southern West Virginia, and it's like that third week into Thanksgiving is super hot, and then even like my buddies down there talk about the beginning of December still being good, and then as you go further south in you know North Carolina, it's like it just seems like that seems to be a pretty good time.
1: Well, it, and I think people people will fight me on this because, but I've seen it. I run enough trail cameras, man. I think we talked about the Timber Ninja thing, dude. I I run a lot of trail cameras, and. Uh, I see, I see the activity pick up the first week of November. You know, I, I see that on my on my scrapes and stuff. And I honestly think that some of the deer, some of the does, are are either coming into estrus or something because that like sixth through sixteenth of November, I, my my scrapes just explode. I mean, just there's bucks on them, daylighting them. You know, just and that's see that's still one of, that's still our bow season. That's our second bow season. And, uh, so this deer just explode in there, man. And, and then it kind of dies off, you know, through Thanksgiving, you'll get a straggler too coming through cleaning the scrape out. But that Thanksgiving week on, it starts to build then, you know what I mean? It starts to like, you're catching like on like cell cameras and stuff. You're, you're getting pictures of a doe and she's just booking it by the camera, you know, and it's not fast enough to get to the buck that's behind yeah, it, but you yeah. know what's going on, you know, seven 30 in the morning, there's a doe just like dogging by your camera, you know, something's happening, you know, it's, it's on. And that's usually first, second week of December-ish, something like
0: that. Yeah. Have you? Do you run your cameras on video mode at all?
1: Mm-hmm. Some I, of them. Some of them I do.
0: Yeah, it depends. Like, if I'm going to have one soak for a year, or I'm not sure if I'm going to go back to it, I usually put it on photo mode just because of, like, battery life and SD cards and everything. And, but, you know...
1: I, I run, I mean, it, it, you're probably the same way in Pennsylvania with the Bears, man. I, I don't, I don't, the, the tax cameras is about the expensivest trail camera I'm going to buy, you know. And I mean, I've, I've wanted to try the Exodus cameras just because everybody has the luck with them, you know. And they got the warranty on them, and, and I'm sure they're really good cameras. But, dude, I've hung cameras, and they've been there three days, and you're expecting to go back and get a pull, And it's been hanging there three days, and a Bear just slapped it off the tree. You know, and it's like, yeah. well, there goes. You know, if it was a hundred dollar camera, well, there's a hundred dollar camera because he just crunched it, you know. So, I mean, I try to run some cheaper, you know, Walmart cameras as my satellite camera. I try to base everything around, if I have cell service, I try to base everything around a cell camera and then try to run a trap line. You know, I don't want to think that deer's coming from the north. I want to know he's coming from the north, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's funny. It's funny. You say that about the bears because, like, I just had, um, Camera, I think I had posted on my Instagram story. I don't know if you saw it. Like it was back in August, but I had set up this camera and I sprayed my scrape licking branch with some forehead glance <laughs> yeah. And this bear just got so pissed. Like he threw his body into the branch and then just beelined it right for my camera. And I had it cabled to the tree. And I didn't have it high either. Like it was right in his line of sight. And it came over and it ripped it off of the side, but it didn't tear it off the tree. Luckily, because like I usually yeah. lose two to three cameras a year from bears uh i I rarely have people messing with them other than last year i had this guy who ended up finding out who it was that had had wrecked one of my cameras but most of it is normally bears that i have problems with and and yeah and they're they're just they're they're nasty with it so i i totally do understand it and i used to run bear boxes or security boxes but we called them bear boxes on all my cameras when i was younger but like I got so many cameras now, I can't afford to throw, you know, no, bear boxes I mean, yeah, on all of them.
1: Like 50 bear boxes on them, you know?
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and they're heavy yeah, as well, hell, you know, that. trying to carry them in your pack yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: no. No, I ain't doing that. You know, I mean, if a, I'll sacrifice it for a bear. You know what I mean? It is what it is. <laughs> and I think they smell the batteries. Like, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like the, the scent on your hands or what. But, man, they'll come up and you'll get those nose pictures. Like, their nose is sniffing around, and then the next thing you know, it's, like, upside down. Or then it's back up again, and then it's looking at leaves, you know? And then it's yeah. over with. The camera's just it's just dead.
0: Well, you know, it's funny you say that about the batteries. So my dad will like to hear that because my me and my dad were just, like, not arguing, but he we bought these batteries. We were trying to find a cheaper lithium battery option yeah. than energizers because they're through the roof, which someone did reach out to me uh, through the podcast, and I bought some batteries off of them. Don't know how you know where they got them from, but they were good price Energizer Lithiums,
1: China, Um, China Lithiums.
0: But but so, anyways, me and my dad bought these ones off Amazon. That were some like no no name brand lithium, you know, China ones, and weren't sure how they're working. But they got them on the box, and they had a smell to them. And my dad's like. These, he's like, I can't put these in my cameras. They, they have a smell to them. He's like, I think you know, it's gonna attract bears and maybe the deer can smell them. And I'm like, you're crazy. Like, I, I, I was just like, I don't know if they're gonna they smell that. And he's like, I, I can't put these in my cameras. And, uh, and it's funny no. that you said that. And, they, and they did like after I realized that I was just, you know, being argumentative just to be a son. You know, that's what you do uh, yeah, about yeah. things. Oh yeah. And then I was like, it definitely had a a, a smell to it.
1: Well, you know, it's it, me and uh, – uh, you were talking about Taylor earlier, and uh, me and him grew up together. You know, we've hunted together since we were, like, I don't know, kids. Like, since we got our license, man, we were just, like, out there not even knowing what we were doing. Anyways, he uh, we have this running joke that uh, he's not allowed to touch trail cameras <laughs> because every time he touches them – I don't know if it's, like – I don't know if it's his red hair or what it is, dude, but he can mess a camera up in a hurry. Like, it's just, like, if he touches it, it either – the batteries die – a bear tears it off the tree. Like, okay, so I've turned him onto these tacky cams, right? And uh, um, he's like, Man, that's cool, man. I, I'm gonna get me some of them. And so this year, uh, we had walked in a spot like a couple years ago, and he's like, Man, I'm you remember where the big scrape is, you know, up, up underneath that big rock ledge? And I was like, Yeah, and he was like, Yeah, little finger ridge right there. And I was like, Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hang one of those tacky cams on it. And I was like, Oh yeah, man. I said, You sure you don't want me to walk in there so I can set it up so you know nothing happens to it? So you don't put some bad juju on it? He was like, Oh man, it's brand new, it should be fine. And uh, he sent me, like, the first night he set it up, he sends me this picture of this doe, and he's like, oh, that happened fast, you know? And he'd had had it up, like, two hours, you know? And he's like, oh, that, you know, that happened fast. And uh, uh, the next couple days, you know, I never got no pictures from it, you know? And I was expecting to get, you know, some hog pictures or, you know, buck picture or whatever. I was like, hey, I said, uh, you got any pictures up there? And he was like, I don't want to talk about it, man. I was like, what are you talking about? And he was like, it's not even sending me check-in pictures. And I was like, Yeah bears probably ate it and he was like i didn't even get no pictures of a bear eating it i was like it, it, it's probably what happened so last weekend he goes in there and uh he's like i gotta go in there and it's muzzle season here now and he's like man i gotta go in there i gotta check that you know see what's going on with that camera and uh, so he goes in there he hunts you know gets his camera and he changes the batteries in it won't work and uh he called me today and he was like dude I brought that camera home. I put brand new lithium batteries in it. I did everything. I pushed the reset button on it, and this stupid thing won't come on. And I was like, "Yeah, it's because you touched it, man." <laughs> I'm just gonna have to walk in with you wherever you go and set your camera up so you don't touch it. You know, <laughs> yeah. just set it up on your phone, and I'll I'll touch the camera. It's funny when we first started just talking about the the scrape stuff. I I got turned on to that the Troy Pottinger, you know, like the the uh, buck fever and dude. I'm a 100 percent like. Anybody can sell a lot of stuff, but that stuff works. I don't care who you are. If you've never tried it, you try it because you, you're going it, to it, – it's impressive on how many different uh, – my brother tries it in Georgia. He lives in Georgia. He tried it. I mean, he gets buck pictures. I tried it up here in the mountains, of North Carolina. Works up here. I've tried it a lot of places, and it works. I mean, it's it's it's, it's some good stuff. Anyways, so um, he we just got started on that buck fever synthetics, and I had built a scrape. Uh, I had built a scrape and got some pictures on it. He was like, "Hey man, you want to uh, uh, you want to use some of that stuff for me?" And I was like, "Oh yeah yeah yeah." So, you still there, dude? This is getting on my nerves, man.
0: <laughs> hey, it made this it twenty like minutes. It, it made it twenty minutes that time.
1: I mean, we're just gonna do it like twenty-minute segment. Jeez, it's yeah. exaggerating. But this is just the mountains of of North Carolina. It's, you can't get Wi-Fi, man. It's just the way it is.
0: Yeah, I I noticed because you're th- normally like the where it says the percent uploaded, like mine's at ninety nine percent. Like as it goes along, yours is at four percent. Yeah,
1: four percent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that is. I don't know how long it's gonna. I mean, it's probably gonna take all night for it to get to a hundred, but whatever.
0: Did yours? Did yours overheat at all on that last one?
1: No, no. I don't know what happened. Like I still had full five G service. Like I don't know what happened. You just like froze up on me, and that was it. And I could hear you, well, you from were time s- to time.
0: The last thing I heard you say was, uh, um, you were talking about Troy's scent about the working oh, on. the Oh yeah. Branches. about Taylor,
1: about Taylor. Yeah. Taylor working. So I'd got those, I'd got the Bucks fever synthetic stuff and I'd, i put it on some scrapes and I'd got some pictures of deers and Taylor's like, man, I want to try that. And I was like, all right. And, uh, so I built him a mock scrape, you know, Troy potter style. And I was like, you got to get a trail camera. He's like, oh yeah, I got to get a trail camera and he put it up there. And, um, I think it lasted like two days. And just this giant bear, like 450s comes and just, I mean, dude, he, he, he took the batteries out of it and like the camera was laying there, batteries out and the batteries were gone. So I guess, and he ate them. I don't know. I mean, I mean, I wasn't there when he did it, but it lasted like two days, you know?
0: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah. You know, it's, it's funny. I had, um. As far as like talking about the licking branch stuff, so there's a few different things that I've I've been trying. So I Troy's stuff I've used for years, and then other Buck Fever before that, and then last year it was a buddy of mine, uh, Matt Rankin, had turned me on to using an ammonia and water mix, just yeah. household ammonia. So, I mean, you, you were, talking about, $2. About I mean, you were
1: yeah, talking about feathers. I mean, yeah, I yeah, Yeah, you said you could make like a big old batch of it.
0: Yeah. And I was, man, I, I shouldn't, I don't know. I can't remember the mixture ratio cause I made a lot of it. So I had enough. I'd have to look back at what Matt had sent me, but, and he probably doesn't want me even saying it on here cause it's, uh, it's a secret, <laughs> but uh, it's like, I want to say it was like only 20% ammonia and the rest of it water, maybe, maybe yeah. a little bit here or there, but like I, and I only use it during hunting season and, Man, did it work really good? That worked yeah. really good. Um, it's just I was running so much stuff, it's expensive, uh, to buy oh, the yeah. other stuff. And and then, um, my buddy Kevin from uh, the Deer Hunter podcast, he had developed some stuff that he had just sent me. I haven't tried it yet, uh, called DH3, that's it, supposed to be paid, a pretty yeah. good. Yeah, and so I'm, I'm gonna try that out. I love messing with it. I mean, it's it's uh, oh yeah, it's yeah. pretty interesting. I mean, uh, so I'm gonna do some tests and and see like it is so cool like making scrapes and seeing like literally as Troy says trapping whitetails like oh, dude. trying I, to I mean, like, figure out how to make it work.
1: Well, you know, like the first podcast you did with Troy, I uh, I was listening to it and I was like, man.
0: Well, I'm shooting a new bow this year and I am pumped. After playing around with the buddy's Hoyt RX-8, the smile on my face made the decision for me. The first thing I noticed with the new Hoyts were their extremely smooth draw cycles and the ability to adjust the back wall to make it rock solid like I prefer. I outfitted my own RX-8 with the inline accessories that made installation extremely easy and balanced out the bow. My favorite accessory so far is a simple one. It's a Sticks 2.0 adjustable legs to make your bow like a tripod, but it doesn't interfere with any part of the bow or the limbs or anything like that. In addition, the integrated kickstand within the HBX Exact cams protect your string from excess wear when you put your cam into the dirt. Ground hunting or spot and stalk just got easier. If you want to experience what I'm talking about, head to your nearest Hoyt dealer and take a test drive yourself. You can learn more at Hoyt.com. The Mobile Hunters Expo is a consumer-based hunting show unlike any other. It provides an interactive learning experience where you can try all things mobile hunting and learn from the best in the business. Come experience an unbiased, community-based environment where you can improve your hunting skills and find the right equipment for your needs. I'll be speaking at the Nor'easter Show in Mannheim, Pennsylvania at Spooky Nook Sports from August 9th to 11th, 2024. So come check it out at, or either of the other shows in uh, Michigan and Georgia. You can purchase tickets online at the MobileHuntersexpo.com or grab tickets at the door. I'll see you there.
1: Like, this guy kind of sounds crazy. You know, like, if you're listening to Troy talk, like, he gets so excited about it. And you're like, man, like, who is this guy? And, and so you Google Troy Pottinger and you see him like sitting behind these 180 and I mean, just these megas and you're like, <laughs> I wonder if he's really using, uh, I wonder if he's really using this scrape stuff. And then you watch him build these mock scrapes and then he's got videos of these deer coming into these mock scrapes. And I mean, they're just, it, I was like, maybe he's not crazy. You know, maybe he is like, he's onto something. I was like, Hey man, I got to try it. So I got like the little pack and I tried it and I was like, Dude, this like, it necks down, you know, like in, in, in people can bait in a lot of States and in North Carolina, you can bait too. You just can't bait on public land. You know, you, you, you can bait on private, but on public land, you, you can't bait. And and a lot of people bait around here and that's, that's how they get to do You don't ever see a lot of people kill big deer on bait. You know, and I just think those, those big deer are smart, you know, they're not walking in on a corn pile, you know, in broad daylight. Yeah. Anyway. So those scrapes is kind of like, that's how I was trying to get my edge. You know, in the mountains was, you know, trying to trying to get them coming somewhere where it's not just the nomadic movement that they make. You know, I'm trying to get them to come to where I need them to come to. And I mean, that that stuff, that's that's I've used it for what like four years now or so. And Before that, I mean, I just kick a place out and pee in it, you know.
0: Hey, I still do that. I still so I use oh, your Troys or some I, other I, stuff for spraying on the branch, but I kick it out and pee in it and that's how I do yeah. the the ground portion and I'm Actually, at, yeah. you know, maybe yeah. I don't know what what the reason is for it, but uh it it, it seems to work. And it, and I'm sure it's because, you know, your piss turns to ammonia oh, and oh. essentially it's kind of the same thing that I'm, you know, I'm spraying there, but it I, I, I have not had any problems with that. And that's why like, you know, you hear all, you know, people talking about, you know, even when I went up to Alberta about taking a bottle, they made take a bottle to pee in when I'm in the tree. I'm like, no, the only reason why I don't like peeing out of the tree at times is when there's dry leaves on the ground and it's just so loud. That's the only reason other than that, man, I'll pee. I'll just pee everywhere. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah yeah I'm with you I'm with you like I don't I don't I don't my dad was big on that you know the whole like Tony about the woodsmanship thing dad was big on that you know like don't pee in the woods don't don't crap in the woods you know if you, you you need to you need to leave where you're hunting and go crap or go pee or whatnot so I was like beating my head from the time I was a child you know like if you got pee you just hold it if you ain't got a bottle you hold it if you don't pee anywhere you're hunting because it smells like human and uh, as I've gotten older you know I figured out that's a that's a myth. You know, like, those deer don't care, man. They get turned to ammonia, and I actually, the, the the 2020 deer, I literally walked to the top of the ridge, peed, walked back down. This was at, like, nine forty, 940, nine forty-five. 9.45. I walked to the top of the ridge, peed, walked back down, and kind of, like, kicked my little spot out where I was sitting, made it a little better, and sat down, and I killed him at 10 o'clock, straight up and down. Like, he didn't know. Like, he didn't know clue. that You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I mean, I got up and walked twenty yards. You know, what I mean, but still, it, it's it's there's a lot of luck goes to it, and there's a lot of you know what I mean. There's it's, the the pee thing. I don't. It doesn't bother me. I'll pee out of a tree stand. Don't bother me none.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah, I. I don't know. It, it to, to me like you know you're talking about the the luck aspect of it, but I I do believe that there's a lot of luck in deer hunting, but you need a lot of the good. You need a, You need to figure out. The eighty-five percent of it, and then get that fifteen percent luck. And yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I, you know,
1: the the deer still has to I, walk by you.
0: I will totally take hundred percent luck if I can get it, but I don't want to yeah. rely on it.
1: <laughs> yes, <laughs> you know? I'm with you. I'm with you. I mean, like we used to have this saying, you know, "This is better lucky You're you're better than uh, uh, you're. I'd rather be lucky than good any day.
0: You yeah. Know, like 100%. I mean, if you're lucky.
1: That's what my dad, he's always gave me crap about having a golden horseshoe. You know, he's like, uh, like we were hunting in Ohio, um, southern Ohio. Uh, I hunted up there the first year by myself. And, uh, you know, coming from a place like this, you know, I saw a 10 point and dude, it got shot. Like I was hunting in Ohio two days and the first 10 point that came by me, I had never, I had never seen a 10 point on the hoof until then. Like most of our big deer are usually big eights. You know, it's just the way it is. And I'd never actually seen a, like, pure 10-point. And, uh, I mean, like, I didn't even let him walk, dude. I just stuck him. And uh, he's, like, 120. He's, like, 120 inches. You know what I mean? Like, he's no, like, yeah. giant deer or anything. But, like, that's how I cut my teeth in Ohio. And uh, so I took my dad back with me the year after that. And uh, I think it was uh, – that was on the first year I killed on Halloween night. And so that had been, like, on a Tuesday or, like, a Monday. I think it was a Monday. And then the next year, the Halloween night been on Tuesday. That year, I killed a a little better deer that year. Um, I killed another 10-point on Halloween night. And so the third year we went up there, Dad was like, how about you kick me that golden horseshoe? And I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I killed a uh, – that was probably the best deer I killed up there. It's like a – it's a mainframe 10. and got some – I didn't even mount him. He's actually sitting on top of the bookshelf. He's got some trash and stuff at his bases. And – I killed him on. Uh, it's like the day the 29th or 30th of of October, like that, like that Halloween. Like if I'm gonna go to Ohio, I'm hunting Halloween night. Like it's just my night up there.
0: You know, I've never killed a deer on Halloween, and I feel like I I've had opportunities around then, and I've just never been able to make it happen. And for some reason, mark my words, but I feel like that's what I'm gonna tag out this year in PA. Like I just everything feels right yeah about halloween and i have a spot that last year was super good from like the 28th to the 31st and actually the the buck i'm hunting in this area had showed up when i was driving back from south dakota at the time of recording this it was a couple of days ago um on my on my cell cam i i found out that the exodus rival that's an at&t camera gets service in the area i get no verizon oh, service yeah. there and uh so I put a cell cam on it and uh, I got this buck right before dark after a rainstorm and that cold front that came through here at the beginning of October, which at the time of recording, yeah. this was a few days ago. And he popped out right before dark and I'm like, dude, I got to get in there. I got to, I got, yeah. I'm going to have yeah. to, and I'm like trying to catch up on work since I've been back. And I'm like, I got, I got to get, I got to get to that spot. Like I, I know he's yeah. betting close and like with, pressure coming in and all this stuff that's like with bear our bear season we have a bear muzzleloader season and a muzzleloader doe season that opens up here um yeah. i guess it would be the 14th of october again at the time of recording this but he uh or but anyways i'm like i need to get in there before people really booger him up and like move him around a little bit which like that's what you know i know that you were saying like you don't see too many people you know, in some of the areas that you hunt no, and, no, and no, we, man, and, and we, and we do, um, we do here, but like, it's just, there's, there's more people, I guess. And, you know, and, and the areas uh, and that I, I'm at and it's, you know,
1: I think Pennsylvania, you know, like it, like, I think you have more hunters per acre than we do in North Carolina. You know what I mean? Like, I, I think Pennsylvania, it's more of, uh, I'm sure I've never been up there, but you always read these stories and everything. And it's like a, uh, more of a heritage thing you know what I mean y'all go to deer camp you all do the you know the well we don't really have that here you know what I mean like me and my dad hunt together me and my brother you know that kind of thing but as far as like and me and my buddies but other than that we don't really have like a you know so you don't ever have really many that many people walk in on you I say that and I had a guy walking on me Saturday I've never seen a soul really? where I was where I was at and um, I have this big like laurely rocky knob in there and that's where every good buck that I've ever seen or killed him that He comes off that big rocky knob and I hear a limb snap and it's like 950. I hear a limb snap and I'm like alright man, here we go. And I kind of like lean over and I'm looking up that big ridge and I'm like looking for movement. I see the movement and I'm like oh yeah, this is it. And here comes this guy in a blue sweatshirt, no orange hat, brown pants. And he comes walking. I let him walk like right up underneath me and I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he was like, oh god. I didn't even know anybody, anybody else was in here. And I was like, well, I know that's a lie because I was the first one in the parking lot and you had to park beside my truck. So, you know, <laughs> someone is in here, you know, what are you doing wandering yeah, around yeah. at 10 o'clock in the morning with no orange on? It? Yeah. And he didn't, dude, he was so lost. Like he didn't even really know where he was at. And I'm glad it's probably, you know, his saving grace that he ran into me because he was like, Hey man, if I keep walking out this lead. Will I come out? I'm like, No, nah, man, you won't come out nowhere. Like, you can walk that lead right there for several, several miles and not come out anywhere. And uh, he was like, well, which way is probably the best way? And I was like, I hate to tell you this, but that big lowerly top you just crossed, you got to go back because that's the easiest way in and out of there. I mean, I wasn't to tell him I have an easier way in and out of there, my access. But, I mean, I'm pretty like, you know, I'm not telling everybody how I'm getting into these places, you know? I mean, you, yeah. because if I tell him one time, I mean, that's the way he's going to come in and out of there you know? Yeah. walk in there and there's going to be somebody with a headlamp in my spot, you know? So I don't know. I mean, I, and, and I'll help anybody, you know, and I'm sure you're the same way, but like, man, I've worked really hard to get one of those. That spot's a really good spot. I've had, I haven't ever killed a deer there, but dude, but I haven't put the time in there. Like I have other places like the 2020, 2021 spot. They'll put a lot of time in there, man. I've I've, uh, like you talk about wind checking your spots, you know, before season just to see where your wind's going and stuff. I've done it in there. And that's the reason I know that little bowl traps your thermal of a morning. Like before the sun hits the valley, you know, your thermal's pulling down, I know that that bowl catches you. You know, it can't go any farther. It just sticks in that bowl for some reason. And, uh, but I mean, if somebody wants to start, like we go in somewhere and somebody wants to start hunting and, and start doing the mountain thing and, and they walk their miles and they walk their they wear the boot leather out with me man i'm i'm all for telling them everything i know you know like i'll help them any way i can but you know some guy just walk in on you toting a uh, muzzleloader with no orange on i'm not not breaking all my secrets to you man you know like
0: no and and there's something to be said about spots too like i you know obviously i give you know, put a lot of information out in the podcast, and I want people to be successful. But I'm yeah. never going to share spots. And when people ask me, nah. you know, even about like areas, like, oh, what area are you in, what region? Like, no, like I'm not. No, nah. that that should not be a thing that's out there. Like those are sacred, and even not even for my own self. Of anybody else that hunts those areas, I'm not trying to blow up any spots or like give that out. Like I don't want. I want nothing to do with that, and like. People should have to work for it. Like I, I I am all for obviously like trying to help people learn so that yeah. they can find their own honey holes and their own spots and like have make them have amazing experiences. Like I want that. I truly do. Yeah. But I don't I'm not gonna give up my own spot. I'm not gonna give up somebody else's spot. Like that's not no, no, and, that's and I'm sure you the same way the nature way. of doing it.
1: I'm sure you're the same way with your dad and your cousins and stuff. I mean, like I have a nucleus that knows where I'm at. Just in case I need yeah. help, you know what I mean. Like I, and it's like, yeah. it's small. Like I don't, I don't just tell that information anywhere. And I you know, there's a couple of places that like Taylor that I hunt, and I mean, me and him are tight. I mean, elementary school, and there's places that I like. Man, if I kill him here, I'll just send you a pin. You no, know, I just don't. <laughs> yeah. I just, you know what I mean? Like it's just, it's, it's, it's some of those places. And then there's places he's got like that. But for the most part, I'd say me and him, like we know. 99 to 100 percent of where we're at just in case because it's so far back there man it, it a lot of times you, you gotta have some help man you ain't getting that deer out by yourself you know
0: yeah do you do you, you know? uh do you backpack in any places that you go to
1: yeah 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 we've uh we've uh me and tyler's backpacked in and, and hunted um the the speaking of tyler that that big he killed he backpacked in on it you know and he backpacked yeah. back in, set up camp, walked in there the first evening he was in there and kills that deer. Like, hadn't even got to sleep a night in the tent yet. Like, he walked in <laughs> there. I mean, like, how much luckier? I mean, he may not have luck with trail cameras, but dude, he, he, he's, I mean, he is a really good deer hunter too. I mean, he, he's, a, uh, Tyler's a lot of that woodsmanship hunting. You know what I mean? Like, you know, he, he, he really plans his, his attacks out and, and that kind of thing. But he also is a very, very good shot with a rifle. Like, I mean, he's, he's killed mule deer and stuff at five and 600 yards. And I mean, he shot that deer at 200 and something yards in our mountains in a clear cut. He shot it <laughs> and then thought he missed it and it ran, it was running. And he shot it again on the run at 200 yards. He hit it both times. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty impressive.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's, that's most definitely impressive. But that's the but way I, he hunts I wanted to... what was that?
1: that's the way he hunts here. I mean, he hunts here like he's hunting that way. That's just the way he, I mean, he wants to get on this big high knob and, and spot and stock and or not spot and stock, but he's trying to spot deer in these clear cuts, which works some. And I mean, not my style, but works for everybody.
0: Yeah. No. And it goes back to what we were saying earlier. Everyone's got their own style and things that work for them and what they have fun doing. And that's, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool no matter what, but I wanted to come back to, you were talking about, you know, going to Ohio, but one of the things when we were talking at the Timber Ninja camp that I was like, I was really impressed with was, you, you know, you and Taylor, and it sounds like you and your dad and stuff, you guys go out of state quite a bit and, and try and hunt and have been really successful with it. Like one of the things, um, just, just to kind of kick it off was that you were telling me that kind of blew me away was how you, what you were doing with your meals, as far as like you oh, yeah. cooking dinners it, t- talk about that
1: okay so this was a this was a taylor cook brainstorm um probably the, one of the best ideas i ever heard of so we were like cooking these meals like these big batches of meals like you know chicken fried rice and uh, uh shrimp alfredo and what we were doing is we were putting them in vacuum sealed food saver bags you know in like meal portions we'd seal them and then we'd put them in the deep freezer and freeze them solid so, whenever we get back to camp, you know, and, and when we're out of state like that, we're hunting is like – we're camping is like – I mean, it's like camping, camping. You know what I mean? Like, you're not – there's no bathhouse. There's no – you know what I mean? So, all you got to do is boil a, boil a pot of water, and you drop your whatever you want to eat in there. You boil it, heat it up, and it's just like you're eating at home, man. Like, it's it's no freeze-dried food, no nothing. You know I mean? You're just – it's, uh, that was, that was probably one of the best ideas we've ever came up with. 100%. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cause I there's nothing that like such, coming such back. That's a good idea. There's nothing like coming back and eating that. You know what I mean? Like, especially, you know, it's, uh, uh one thing it brings to mind is, uh, we were in, uh, I guess it was Missouri. It was Missouri. Anyways, um, we kind of had some warm weather there and then it dropped off cold and, um, uh, one day it rained and it was like. I don't even know how it was raining. It was like 28 degrees or 33 degrees. Dude, it should have been snowing, but it was like this sleety rain. And we'd been out in it all day. And we get back to camp. And all you have to do, man, is just boil that water and throw it in there. And we're eating, you know, deer meat fried rice. That was the yeah. trip. The, the That was the day the tent failed on us. We have one of the, an eluxe tent. And it's a TP style tent. And there were three of us sleeping in it. So there's not a whole lot of room. And uh, Taylor was like, hey, we don't need to bring the stove. Because there's three of us in there. We won't have room for the stove. You know, we'll just bring a regular, like, little propane heater. It's like, oh, yeah, that's work, whatever. What Tyler forgot to do was bring the dang cover for the stove jack. Well, guess who's sleeping under the stove jack? It's me. So we get duct tape. <laughs> we get duct tape, man, and we're, like, we're trying to tape it up, you know, where it's somewhat waterproof. And uh, that night, like, it rained. And you know how this camping in one of those tents? They, they condensate on you. Everything condensates. You have three grown men snoring in there. It's condensating. So I have nice stuff. Tyler has nice stuff, like sleeping bag wise. You know, I have a North Face tundra bag. Tyler's got some nice stuff. And uh, so I wasn't, I wasn't cold inside my sleeping bag. But when I woke up the next morning, I was like, dude, it feels cold in here. Like it's like I can feel on my face. It's cold in here. So I reach over and I cut the light on, and my whole sleeping bag, dude, the whole outer shell of it is just solid sheet of ice from where that's condensed in there the rains poured through the phone jack and Taylor tells this story a little different I don't really remember it like he does but he said that uh, I was pretty uh, I was pretty fit to be tied. I was I was I was pretty mad because I was the only one that got rained on and it froze to us that night was like there was ice or our, our uh, we were froze our sleeping bags froze to our pads you know what I mean like it was <laughs> it's funny now but it was not yeah. it was not funny at five o'clock in the morning it was not funny no at all
0: no. Yeah. Not when you're trying to go hey, hunt.
1: Uh, no, no, no. And luckily, we tagged out early on that trip too. That was a, um, uh, that was a that was a good trip. That was a that was a fun trip. Uh, the Nebraska. Last year we went to Nebraska and that uh, that kicked our butts. And uh, I, I won't lie to nobody, man. I'll, those guys that kill those deer in Nebraska on public lands, like Northwest Nebraska, you can have every bit of it because I don't think I'll ever be back to the state of Nebraska. I didn't leave <laughs> nothing there, and I didn't lose nothing there. <laughs> you know, I, mean, I Props to you, man. We saw some deer at the check-in stations and stuff that were some, I mean, just toads. And, uh, I mean, I killed a $383 doe, and, dude, I was proud of her. Like, I might as well kill a 150-inch deer. Like, I was proud of her. I mean, I've seen hunting yeah. pressure, but that's—but that place had was like hunting pressure. Like, I've never seen it like that in, in my entire life anywhere. You know, Ohio's got a lot of people, but nebraska i don't think it has as many hunters but it, it doesn't have as much usable deer hunting land you know it's all that prairie and then the river bottoms and it nicks everybody down to the river bottoms because that's the only thick where the deer can be man dude it gets it gets western out there in a hurry i mean it gets it gets pretty wild it gets it gets pretty uh, wild. i could imagine have, i would have took a flak jacket at least two evenings
0: so uh, other than nebraska how do you feel like like what you've done in in western north carolina in the mountains has translated to like when you go to ohio or missouri or any of these states like do you feel like uh, your scouting and what you've learned is translated to that
1: um we've always heard you know uh, my dad's always said this if you can kill deer in, in western north carolina you can kill them anywhere you know because our deer density is so low you know and and, and that's 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 his coined phrase and I mean, it, it, so far it's pulled true. I mean, yeah, we've got lucky a time or two. I'm not saying that like you was talking about the luck thing earlier. I mean, we've got lucky a time or two, but you know, and I, I want to sound humble about this as humble as I can sound about it. But I mean, uh, we, we're pretty good at what we do, you know? I mean, like when I, when we were going to these States to hunt, man, it ain't no riding around and, and um, going to town and everything. I mean, we, we pull a hard seven days, you know, I mean, we're, we're laying in there dirty face. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, and it seems what, like it works for us.
0: Yeah. But what, I guess, what do you, do you feel like the, what, what translates? I mean, I know from the, the deer population standpoint, trying to find deer in North Carolina is super difficult. And, you know, cause yeah. we, I, I've always heard that from like, pennsylvania like that was something my dad you know and everybody here has always said like it's like guy right, you can kill a deer here in the big woods or the mountains like you can go anywhere and i found it to be i don't want to say easier but kind of easier as far as being yeah, able yeah. to find deer get on them and and be able to do that but what 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 did what have you found to be like something that really translates from where you're at to going to these other places like what what skills, I guess, do you guys feel like that you've learned to, to be able to to read the woods when you go to these other states?
1: Um, I guess it's, I mean, it, it it can go a lot to like if you're talking about reading sign, you know, uh, reading buck sign in these other states. You know, what's usable buck sign and what's not usable buck sign is huge. You know, because it, in here, around here, you know, you you find one horn bush. I mean, you're not going to hunt that one horn bush. You know, you find one yeah. scrape. You know, you're not going to hunt that one scrape. So, um, you know, I guess like take Ohio, Ohio for example. I mean, I know you've been there and you, you come through those big river bottoms and dude, it just, it's just destroyed. You know what I mean? There's yeah. 15 scrapes up through there and there's horn bushes as big as your leg and your stuff. And so I guess that's like the starting point. Like it, it, it's the reading the sign part of things is because our deer densities are so low that you have to read your sign and, and be dead nuts on your sign or you're not going to see a deer. So, you think about going to a high density place and you're reading sign that good on low deer densities. If you're in a high deer density place, it's going to translate to you're going to be all in the deer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and I mean, it's as easy as that, I guess. I mean, I don't know how else to explain it. And I mean, it, 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 just the sign and the, and the people pressure. And um, like in Ohio, I, I hunt people as much as I hunt the deer you know, I'm watching where people are going in, what where parking lots they're parking in, you know, how they're getting in those woods. And, and, and I mean, I guess I'm just playing off of that as much as I, I would anything.
0: Yeah. And, and, and you just, what you just said there is such a good point. And I think it translates really well to Ohio specifically where there is a lot of hunting pressure. And what I've noticed is like, you know, going to a low, from a low deer density area in Pennsylvania, and it's like you find good sign, you know what good sign looks like. You go to Ohio and everything looks like good sign.
1: Okay? <laughs> yeah. there's, there's,
0: a, yeah. there's a lot, there's a lot more sign. It seems like they lay oh, down, yeah. but it's like now, all right, what's the next layer? And that's the people aspect. You know, it's like, okay, yeah. where are the people coming from? Now you find like these areas. And again, this is just my experience of it, but it's like you find these areas that, have the good sign, have the good cover that they want to live in or, you know, yeah. be able to live around, especially in those big woods areas where it's like, there's a lot of big timber and there might be acorns one year, which is really good. And there might be not acorns the other years, but where can you find like the combination of like, you know, green briar and like all this other stuff that Combines them, makes them feel safe in there. They have brows, they have mass crop, they have everything, and then away from the people, it's really not that hard when you put it that way. You know, it's obviously harder, you know, to to make that happen and find it. Yeah,
1: you know as well as I do. Like when you're hunting out of state, like that, you're you're at uh, you're at liberty of the rut. You're at liberty of weather. You know what I mean? You're you're trying to plan this trip in months in advance, and you're just. You're hoping that you're going to have, you know, a cold front or, a, or a whatever, you know, and, and you're hoping that you're not going to get walked on top of every time you walk into the woods, you know. And, and that's the thing that I kind of translated from from here to Ohio was the um, getting away from people, you know. And people always say, oh, you walk this far in the woods, you won't see nobody. And in Ohio is that way, man. Like you you get off the roads and you actually get into I mean, people call them. People call Ohio, Ohio mountains, and, and I mean, I don't. I don't particularly think they're mountains. They're just, you know, they're big hills. I mean, there's some big stuff in Ohio, but not. I mean, they're not like our mountains. You know, like they're not yeah, big. No, no. You know, four thousand feet, five thousand feet mountains. You know, and so they. Uh, uh, so I, it, there's a spot in 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 southern Ohio that I hunt, and uh, it's on ai almost said the name of it. I'm glad I didn't. But they, uh, <laughs> one part, <and> st- because <laughs> it's. Dude, like, I'm telling you, like I don't know if you've ever been there when the rut hits in Ohio. Like you're there in the rut. You know what I mean? And, yeah, I bet. I'll people bet had that. always. People have always told me, you know, like the first few years I hunted up there, you know, I'd been always pretty lucky, and I think the first three years I was up there, I hunted like five days in three years. I mean, I was killing the first good buck that come by me. Like you know, first Pope and Young comes by, it stuck. I wasn't waiting on no deer. I mean. I was just, I was shooting the first good buck that came by me. So the third year I took what I was talking about is, is getting away from the truck. I, uh, so I parked and, um, uh, parking this parking lot and there's, it's just wide enough for two vehicles. And so I was nice enough and I, I left, you know, a spot for somebody to park beside me. I could have parked right in the middle of it and nobody could have parked there with me, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to be, you know, a decent somebody and I'm going to park here. So I parked there and I take off and and there's a, you go up this big bottom and there's a big ridge and, uh What it is, it's a windward side too, as weird as this is. So it's a windward side, and there's a rock bluff, and there's a clear cut across the holler on the other side. And those bucks were coming up this side, and they were wind checking that clear cut from the other side of the holler. And there was like this rock cut, dude, and it just pinched these deer down like to nothing. Like they were walking by you at 25 yards. Like you couldn't have, you couldn't have drew it any better than the way it looked. Um, that that week in four days, I saw twenty two bucks in four days on public land in Ohio. And like, I dude, <laughs> I shot. I, I hate to tell this part too, but I uh I shot the first deer I shot at was uh, I think he was a mainframe. Team. He had five on on one side, big tall, and uh he was probably in the I'd say he's mid one fifties ish, one high one forties, one fifties is somewhere in that that ballpark. And uh, I shot a poplar tree right into. And, uh, you know how that works. And then the, I was like, you know what? I seen a bunch more deer after that. that were shooters and just, you know, either would come up one side of that gut or the other side. And I just couldn't ever make it happen. And the last evening I was in there or last day I was in there, I was like, dude, I'm going to hunt all day. I'd hunted it all day, like three days prior to that. And I had seen this buck like on Monday or Tuesday, but he just didn't give me a shot. He was a big mainframe. He had trash at the base. And that's what picked him out the second time I saw him. I was like, Oh, that's the same deer. And it's you know, it's like, probably 18 inches wide, you know, just big, heavy, just, you know, those darker on deer up there, you know, how, you know, there's like the mm-hmm. chocolate colored horns. He come lumbering around through there and he was at 40 yards. And dude, I don't know if like it's target panic or, or I don't know what happened to me, but like I drew back, manned, he stopped and he wasn't even looking at me. He was kind of looking at me like off an angle at me. And dude, when I dropped the pin, man, I just set it on his back Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDST. And, and I, I shot right over top of him and I, I don't know, like that deer haunts me because it was a dandy. Like it was, it would have been the biggest deer I ever killed in Ohio, you know, by, by far none. I mean, he was a, he was a big one, but like what I was saying is, is the getting away. I kind of got off on a rabbit trail there, but they, uh, it was getting away from the people, you know, and I'd always seen bucks up there, you know, and, and I wasn't hunting all that far. The first few deer I kept up there, I wasn't hunting all that far from the road. But I was hunting a lot of people, you know, like, you know, where are these people coming in from this parking lot, well, they've got to be pushing the deer this way. So I get up on this ridge. Of course, there's bucks on there, acre and screen bar, whatever, you, whatever you have up there. And that's kind of how I was doing it. Is just, you know, those deer are going to escape somehow. And that's kind of what I was hunting was their escape travel, you know, their escape out of places. And um, then I thought, you know, I'm going to take the same kind of mountain hunter aspect, you know, leaving the truck, and I'm putting my boots on, and I'm heading. And that's when I realized what Ohio had to offer. Cause I saw a deer that year that was like, yeah, he was, he was big. And in the last two years I was up there, I never tagged because I saw what was up there and I wouldn't shoot anything else. You know, I was like, no, nah, I'm gonna, I know what Ohio has to offer and I'm I'm just not going to shoot, you know, the first good buck that comes by me because there's, there's megas on public land up there. You know I mean? A whole lot bigger deer than we got here.
0: Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like when, talking about Ohio and like the first, so I went to Ohio like religiously for four years in a row during the rut. And the first year I didn't kill anything. And then the second year I killed in two hours of being there. The second, the second year it was the second day and the third year was the first day, like six hours into being there. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and, and then it's funny cause I didn't go back for, a while. And then I, I still haven't hunted the rut since the last time that, I, that I killed a deer there. And it, but there was definitely a lot of pressure, but I started learning kind of these spots that, that didn't get as much pressure. And it was like, honestly, a lot of the times there was like, just going a little bit further because like, you know, you said, you know, you looked at A lot of places like in in the the southern Ohio mountains, the mountainous areas that, you know, is not very big, but that's compared to western North Carolina, which is freaking nuts as far as like that's some of the biggest mountains in that. You you have way taller mountains and we have in PA, you have them, you know, bigger than really anywhere. So to most people, that's pretty rugged terrain. So it's hard, you know, like when you look at it that way, it's like, okay, and that's into an advantage to somebody like you that's like, okay, I'm used to doing this and I can do 80% of that effort. And get away from 100% of the people, you know, people, and, that, yeah, and that's, yeah. it's, it's, it's so true. And it's, it is hard to do. Like, I mean, I'm sure you struggle with it. Even in North Carolina is like, if you have a week off during the rut and you're on a trip to do that day after day, after day, anybody oh, can dude, do he's... that hike once anybody can do yeah. that hike. Well, 80% of people can do that twice. Now you try yeah. doing it three times, four times, five in a times, row. six times.
1: Yeah,
0: dude. That's freaking tough
1: it's brutal. It's a brutal, uh, it's a, my brother, uh, uh, I took him to Ohio with me. I think it was like the third year I was up there. And, you know, he's used to that Georgia flatland, you know I mean? He, I mean, he grew up yeah. here, but he's lived in Georgia probably, I don't know, probably 10 years or 12 years. And he, uh, he has got a County job, so he don't do a whole lot of, you know, physical activity. And, uh, uh I took him to, uh, I took him to Ohio with me up there and I think it was like day, four or five i mean he was a trooper though I mean, he laid in there dirty faced i mean he did and uh he looked at me he's like man dude i'm killed and i was like oh me too man I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and tell you that i'm like some like iron man or anything dude i'm smoked too but like this is what we got to do you know this is this is what we got to do and uh i think it was either that evening or the next evening uh, he shot at a buck he uh he didn't kill him but he did shoot at a buck he didn't get an opportunity but uh yeah i mean he looked at me he was like dude this is killing me. You know, I'm smoked. This is just. I mean, you do that, and that's like day. That's like day five. You man. I mean you do that for nine days. You know, and and when, whenever you're not out of state somewhere, you know, you you spent that money. You've you've you're there. You know, you might as well hunt. You know, what I mean, you might as well hunt as hard as you can because you got nine days or seven days to get it done. So, I mean, what else you got to do? But get back to camp yeah. and sleep. You know. And that's Nebraska. That's what kicked our butts there was just the, something we had never hunted, man. Like, I've never hunted anything like that. I was lost as last month's Easter egg in that place. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm so used to to trees and dense cover and, you know, that kind of thing. And, and, um, I mean, they had some cover and they had some of those river bottoms that were real thick and, and what have you. But, like, I felt like I just felt like a fish out of water. Like, it just wasn't my thing, you know? Like, it felt like we were. Yeah we were in mule deer country trying to kill whitetails, and we seen plenty of mule deer. Like we could, if we had a mule deer tag, dude, we'd all tagged out like the third day been done. But those whitetails in that place, man, dude, they're like ghosts. Like you think you're on them. And then you might look back through your spot and scope and dude, they're gone for, you'll never see them again. Like I don't know where they go. I don't think they go in rabbit holes or what they do, but.
0: Well, it's funny you say that. Cause I was just hunting in South Dakota and it was, and and we'd found some really big whitetail sheds and saw a couple of yeah. whitetail does, but I'd never saw a whitetail buck the whole time I was <laughs> there. Now we were hunting mule deer, but yeah. it was just like, you know, I would have hunted it differently if I was hunting whitetails, but it was like, I can't believe I didn't even kick anything up that was like, you know, a whitetail. And it was just like, they're, they were complete ghosts. But I understand the, you know, you, when you're getting put in a different spot and like, you know, we were out there for seven days of hunting, but technically about eight days of being there. And like, you know, by day five or six, I don't care who you are. It's, you you have to really put your mind to putting your boots, one foot in front of the other. Like (laughs) there was afternoons after I had a, you know, a failed stock and all this stuff that I'm just like looking at my dad and I'm like, man, I just want to go back to camp and you know, crack a cold one and just sit there and MBS. And it's like, no, we're here. We got it. We got to make it happen. You got to, you know, put the effort in. And like, you're always happy that you do. Like I, and I, I I love that aspect. It's hard to explain because like it does suck at times. Like I, like an out-of-state rut hunt for whitetails or whatever it is, is hard. Like it, there's a lot of sucky times to it. Like we glamorize it as it's this like amazing thing, but there's 90 5% Five percent of it suck. Yeah, I'm obviously grateful to be there, but
1: <laughs> like I said earlier about the whole tent thing, you know that's funny now. Yeah, the whole like getting drowned was funny. It's funny now. It's a funny story I can tell it, but I'm telling you when it was going on, it was not funny. It was not funny at all. And then, like in Nebraska, you, we had a uh, uh, I think we had one day in positive temperatures the entire time we were there. Uh, we saw negative. We saw negative 27, like, two or three days. We're in a wall tent. We're sleeping in a wall tent with a little propane heater that we could get to, like, we felt good if we could get it, like, two, three degrees inside that wall tent. You know, it felt like it was 70 in there. And, yeah. I mean, that's that's tough to, like, and knowing that, and you know what that train looks like. I mean, we're in northwest Nebraska, so it's the whole, like, South Dakota. I mean, you're you're covering miles, man, and there's, like, days where, You'd wake up in negative, say it's negative 10. You're getting up and knowing you're about to walk like 14 miles, you know, round trip or 15 mm-hmm. miles round trip. And there's a high possibility you're not going to see a deer because you ain't seen a deer in three days. You know what I mean? Like once the shooting starts there, it's over. Like those deer, I don't know what they do. I don't know, I don't know where they go, what they do, because we spotted deer before season opened. You know, we, we, we spotted a few bucks. But once the shooting started, dude, it was over.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It was like, it was funny. Like for me on opening day, my uncle shot a nice buck and went and helped him pack it out and everything. So you, now it's like your legs are kind of spent from day one and it felt like I never <laughs> recovered. Like I was like, you know, just going, you know, through the motions, just trying to, you know, do it. And every step was just like, Oh, this is, this is rough. But you it know, sleeping the- in a tent, it was, it was funny. I told a story on a, a podcast probably a couple years ago now, but about, I did a backpack rifle hunt in Pennsylvania and we'd set up where I learned that you don't set up a uh, floorless shelters in creek bottoms. Um, because it might look dry when it's snowy and icy but as soon as that <laughs> thaws out and you have your little wood stove in there that turns to mud and our sleeping yeah. pads were just in mud and water <laughs> and then there's so yeah. much condensation and then trying to even get a fire started with everything being wet and iced yeah. over, it was just an absolute mess and like we laugh about it now but at that time I was like man, I feel like a really shitty Never outdoorsman yeah. and just like yeah. everything
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you, you're just like oh god i'm never doing this again man this is terrible yeah. and then you just pack up yep. stuff and you do it again you know you just keep doing yeah, it. Again. yeah but
0: yeah you act like I, I, this I, I, was a great thing and you just do it again
1: yeah <laughs> we were talking about the food earlier right the, where we vacuum seal the food you know and freeze it and whatnot so all you gotta do is have a bowl and pot of water well it was so cold in nebraska man we couldn't get the water to boil like we were trying to shield the flames and like dude it was it was so cold you could open a bush lot this is no lie i have two witnesses of this you could open a bush lot you could take a drink out of it and you could set it down do something for 5 seconds you turn around, and pick it up dude and it was just slushy like been open 10 seconds it was just slushy and we were wandering around in that you know and hunting in that you know what i mean it's just like pfft, we're dumb you know God, fun. <laughs> yeah. you know, like now talking about it, it's fun, man. it you tell people that and we, we had a guy go with us on the, the, the Missouri trip and, uh, Eric had never really hunted out of state. Um, uh, and super good dude. He's, and he's a killer here, man. He kills, he kills plenty of deer, but that's his first, like real true, like camping, hunting. And that was the only one that he went on. You no, know, he hasn't went back. With, <laughs> so we, we, we burn him on the first one, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Uh, Yeah.
0: You you add camping into the mix, especially when you get cold weather with it. And it's not easy. You know, when I I hunted West Virginia last year, I set up a wall tent and I had my stove in there. I thought I was good, cut some firewood. I was all, you know, I was great. We got 35, 40 mile per hour winds. And it started blowing the wall tent around. It was super thin, just like (laughs) not like a regular wall tent. And it was blown all over the place, and I couldn't sleep because it was slapping the sides and making all this noise. And then the one night it got so bad that it actually pulled the stovepipe out and ripped down the side of the tent. And I'm filling Uh up the tent with smoke, and I'm (laughs) trying to – you know, And all these things are happening, and I was sick because I was running low on sleep, and I was just like – what am I doing? Like, you know, yeah. you try and, and yet like a week afterwards, I'm already planning next time to do it again. Oh yeah. And it's like, yeah. but at yeah. the time I'm like, this freaking sucks. Like this is yeah, you but, know rough. Well,
1: the thing that me and Tyler always say is like, you know, but like, what if we kill a deer? Like, it's going to be cool. when yeah. We kill one. You know what I mean? Like, this is going to yeah. be a cool story when, we, when we kill one, you know, like that's what it's always been. It's always been about the, you know, we're all that's the only way that we can ever keep it upbeat enough you know it's like yeah but if we kill one it's gonna be cool man you know what i mean like yeah and, and you, gotta gotta camp, but, oh, you gotta yeah, play those mind games you gotta play those
0: mind games with yourself to keep yourself going like i, I say it, like with any even just hunting my home state in pennsylvania and prior for you north carolina it's like it's there's times in every season where i feel like i know nothing and i can't do anything right and deer aren't oh, doing yeah. what they're what you think you're supposed to do, you know? And it's just like, it's hard, but you gotta just, you gotta have that for me. I just have to have that goal in mind of like, I know, like it just takes one, like, it's just that one thing that can yeah. change your whole season from saying, Oh man, it was a tough year to man. That was a great year. You know, it's just takes yeah. that oh, one yeah, yeah. time, that one deer that's to make that. that all change.
1: They, uh, I, I got a buddy that's, that he's part of our nucleus and, and he, uh, He's always got that saying. That's where I come up with the, it only takes one hot dough. You know what I mean? Like, and that's a, that's a good way to look at it. You know, you're walking in two and three miles, climbing our mountains. You know, you've got to have a little bit of a pep talk before you leave the truck. You know what I mean? Like you're really talking yourself into it. It's like, man, all all it takes is one hot dough. You know, if I'm not back there, then I'm not going to kill him. You know what I mean? Like I want to, how bad do you want to kill this deer?
0: You know, how bad do
1: you want to do it? So, I mean, that's, that's pretty much what, what keeps me going is, is, you know, I, I'm not one of these guys that, you know, kills one big deer and I'm done, you know what I mean? There's guys out there like that. You don't want to do that every year, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, I know it's not possible, you know what I mean? It's, it's not reasonable, especially in our deer our deer woods, you know, killing a big deer every year is, is few and far between. But, I mean, it can happen. It's just, you really got to put the time in, dude. I mean, you really got to, you really got to want it really bad.
0: Yeah. And there, there's no shortcuts to it. Like, I don't care how, you know, how good you think you are or what you have set, like you need to put the time to it. Like you can lock into it the first day of a rot hunt or whatever, but you got to yeah. put the time in. And there's no, like, I'd love to be like, Oh, if you only have two days to hunt, like you can definitely get it done, but that's not the case. Like you might be able to, yeah. but I, there's no definite, to that. There's no definite if you have 3 weeks in a row to hunt like it's it's hard oh, no. no matter what. And and that's that's and I think that's what, you know, hunting the mountains where you're at or hunting the big woods of the mountains where I'm at and like hunting these areas teaches you that patience and that that understanding of it and it doesn't make it easier but you you understand no. that it does it literally and we say that all the time too it's funny you say that like my family always said it just takes one doe and like yeah i'll sit in spots for four days and not see a single deer but as soon as one doe comes through that's hot it's like the, all right the whole world has opened up anything can yeah. happen at this yeah. point yeah. I might see yeah. the only four bucks in the county in that next hour <laughs> but like but you just gotta be there and yeah. and that's yeah. what it comes down to and you know as, as we're getting not. you know ready for the rut like at the time this comes out here it you know towards the end of October it's like we're getting into that time it's just it's it's more of in my opinion it's more of a mind game than it is anything else to last through the yeah. rut and be successful
1: oh yeah and just keep beating yourself up every day, and knowing yeah. that's what you're, fi- knowing that's what you're fixing to do. You know what I mean? Like you know that y- y- you're going to be burnt by the time you get to your stand. And you know you're going to have to do that two and three days on end. You know I, Nathan Killen. You know, like I, he's big guy, really look up to him, man, and he's super nice guy. And 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 he made a comment one time, and, and it kind of relayed to one of my dad's buddies that used to hunt the mountains. Is you know sometimes he sits on them like three days straight. Like he gives them like a three day rotation. You know what I mean? Just because you, you, you know, the first time you go in, you know, always have those butterflies. Like it's the best time to be there. But here, our do- deer densities are so low. You know, it may take three days for that deer to even roll through there. You ain't boogered him. He don't even know you're in the world. It just makes you take him three days to do that. So you got to think in your mind, like, dude, you got to do this three days in a row. If you have the time, you need to be there three days in a row. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of mental. Like you said, it takes a lot of mental, just strength to know that you you're gonna do that. You have to do that if you yeah. want to kill that deer. And, and then you and, still and make. And I've make
0: said them. it, and I've said it before on the podcast. But something that what I didn't know I was doing right when I was younger, but I was I was always you know your dad always joked with you about saying you had a horseshoe up your ass like that was yeah what you know everyone always said about me because I was killing good deer when I was younger and then I went through a spurt where I was like struggling and having trouble and what it was was I would when I was younger, I was just willing to sit in the same spot for a long time and it just happened. And then when I started like putting so much of this medium ahead, I gotta, I gotta jump around. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. And it was like, I I was just chasing my own tail. And then once I got back to like, okay, you know, a spot's good. You scouted, like you, you have confidence. You gotta, you gotta let it play. It's it's part because it doesn't, these deer, in the mountains in the big woods in low deer density areas in general no matter where you're at they're not doing they're not on a pattern that you can look at your cell cam and be like oh wait till it's the third <laughs> no. day that he came in in daylight <laughs> yeah. and i'll strike yeah. that doesn't happen it just that doesn't happens. happen
1: no, man no uh-uh. you know I mean. like i was just
0: no, i was happen. talking about the cell cam picture earlier i got of this this really nice buck that showed up in daylight it's like Oh, well, that's the first time he's been on that camera all year. I don't give a shit. Like that doesn't matter to me. No. That means he's in that area. He's probably been in there more. I just haven't yeah. I he just hasn't walked in front of this 20-foot view of this camera yep. and I need to put myself in there for multiple days to have, you know, potentially an I opportunity at
1: him. Same mindset, man. Same exact mindset. Like you know, like we were just talking about earlier where the you, you know, cell cams are great tools. And trail cameras are great tools in, in the, in the run of things, but they don't show you everything. You know what I mean? Like you still got to be there. You still got to hunt it. Just because you haven't had a picture of a, of that buck in three days or or a week or two weeks or whatever. It don't mean he's not walking 10 feet behind that camera. You know what I mean? Like you don't know that. Yep. And people, people put a lot of cash in those, in that kind of thing. Like, oh, well, I ain't no pictures of you. I'm not going there, I'm not going there. I'm not that way, man. I, if I feel good enough about the spot, I'm going, you know what I mean? I'm whether I've had a deer picture in there or not, you know, I'm still going.
0: Yep. No, I, I, I would totally agree with that. And yeah, I, I, I now, as we're saying this, I got to put this in my own mind as I'm you know getting prepared for these longer sits and these things of like, okay, oh, yeah. remember that. Cause it's tough. Like as much as we say it, it's still tough to, when you get, <laughs> yeah. get in yeah. it, it's like, you know, and that's why I, I'm so thankful. I've got a good community of friends and family locally that are good deer hunters that like I can call, or they call me. And it's like when you're in a rough spot and you feel like you're not doing right, oh, they yeah, can look man. at it logically and be like, "All right, For sure, you, no, like you, you're in the you you have the information. Like just sit there and wait it out. It's like okay, okay, you know, and you just get that in your head.
1: I got that same group of guys, you know, and that you can bounce stuff off of too. Like you know, like you may like ah dude, I don't know if this, this, I don't know if this ridge is the right ridge. And they're like, well, you know, uh, why did you hang a standard in the first place? And you start telling it to them. They're like, man, it sounds right to me. But you're, you've sat there. Like, I don't know how your mountains are. It's probably a whole lot like ours. Like, you know, I could sit in a spot for, I can put 10 or 12 sits in and never see a deer. Yeah. And then I'll see two deer in the year, but one of them is the deer. That's just the way our, you know what I mean? It's just so just spread out and. Deer densities are so low. You, you, if you get down on yourself, dude, you'd never kill a deer here. Like you, if you got down on yourself and quit, you would never ever kill a deer here.
0: Yeah, dude, man, I'm 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 in the same boat. I mean, last year it was like I don't remember if it was three or four days before I that I hadn't seen a single deer, and then that's when I ended up killing one, and it was just yeah. like that's you know I'm putting together a a video off of my last season. And I was joking. Uh, with someone today I think I was talking to Jason actually and I was like I have a whole season where I might not have a deer on camera that I I had filmed on camera there was some around that were in the brush or whatever I could get the camera on them but I saw very few deer in the year and that's not abnormal and like that. No, and I think no. that needs to be stressed because like you might see someone like yourself killing these nice deer every year or someone like me killing nice deer or someone else. And it's like, Oh man, I should be seeing these all the time. It's like, that's not the case. Like it's just, no, it's, no, man, it's, it's not it's, the case at all. Yeah.
1: Yeah. People come up here and, and I mean, if people came to North Carolina, you know, and, just because of the basing it off of what everybody else had killed. You know, they see these big deer, you know, so-and-so killed or whatever. They're like, oh, well, I'm going there. And they get their they, I mean, they get their butt handed to them. You know what I mean? Because this place is not – it's not forgiven at all. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's. – I've lived here my whole life, and I have to talk myself into stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've, I've walked these – I've walked these mountains my entire life, and there's still days where I'm like, man, it's just, just one hot dog. You know what I mean? It just keeps clicking in your mind, like, I got to go in there. You know, and, and – this is all I've ever hunted. You know what I mean. These mountains is 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 what I've hunted. This is where I cut my teeth at. It's where I live at. It's where I was raised. You know, and, and so I know what I'm getting into. You know, it's not a surprise to me, but it's still you still got to talk yourself into it. Like I, See, I. Uh, you said
0: you got to talk yourself into it from the truck. I have to talk to you into my under the covers of my bed. Of like, you wake up <laughs> and you're in that like gray area. You know, yeah. you're like, oh, yeah. I, I've caught myself talking to myself out of why it's why it's a good idea to not hunt today or like oh, not yeah. go out yeah, or yeah, not yeah, go yeah. to this yeah. spot because it's hard to get to and then I'm like and then finally I snap into it and I'm like I just need to get some caffeine in my body like I'll be good like yeah. just get get your head on and do it like it's it's a frosty morning what are you doing like get Get out! <laughs>
1: anybody that anybody says that they don't try to talk themselves out of it's a liar. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you see all the deer that Nathan Killens killed and Troy Pottinger's killed. You know good and well that they've rolled over in the bed and said the same thing. Man, you know my wind's probably not right for that spot, or you know blah blah blah. Try to talk yourself out of it. You know what I mean? Everybody does that. You know, it's, yeah. It's a, a, I do it all. I mean, I do it quite often. You know, it's like you and you, it goes back to the whole aspect of trying to break <laughs> this media down in your minds. You know where you're. It's got to be this wind, and it's got to be this, and it's got to be perfect to go in there. And it's it's not always true, man. There's there's no. there's always you know I try not to blow my spots out. You know, for, like I said earlier, I, I can't get it in that one spot. I can't get it done unless I got a northwest wind. You know, I'm just not gonna yeah. get it done in there. It's just the way the deer come in there, and and if it's any kind of south wind, it's just shot. You know, what I mean, it just blows the whole reason that I'm hunting there. But they, uh, um, uh, it's still I've still sat in there on south wind. Because you just don't know, man. Like you, you, bucks chasing does. You ain't got a clue what's about to happen. You know what I mean? They they come from every direction.
0: Yeah, and my my dad's always said that, and and even some of my uncles about like I'd be like worrying about like oh the wind's not doing this, and especially during the rut, like specifically during the ruts, like you don't know where they're gonna come from (laughs) Uh -uh. during that period. Like if you've watched bucks chasing does and stuff, they do the most random stuff and normally you're just trying to get the dough to get past you without smelling you and then the buck's flying yeah. because he ain't worrying about a damn thing don't other than that yeah. tail you know yeah. and that's that's it. That's, that's, it. that's just that's that's exactly the nature of it so I don't know man but I'm I'm looking forward to getting into it and uh yeah, and yeah going through these ups it. and downs now now I know that I got another guy I can call if I'm in a you know in a bad mental space I'll Ryan, you, you you've of. entered the, yeah, you've, you've entered the, <laughs> the realm of, uh, of. who I'm going to call. <laughs>
1: gotcha. I you. Gotcha.
0: But, uh, but anyways, well, it's getting late, buddy. I know you got a, you got a newborn baby at home. You don't get oh, a whole yeah. lot of sleep as it is. So, um, no. um, we'll wrap this thing up here, but do you have any place that you want to send people your Instagram or anything to, to be able to check out or any place like that?
1: stuff i don't even like that's another thing social media man i've been on it three years i don't even have my handle memorized you know it's just i think it's ryan elders 26
0: i think it's elders underscore ryan some number but uh yeah i'll I'll put links to it in the show notes
1: (laughs) i appreciate it i appreciate it man i appreciate you having me man this is this is my first one i don't know how good it was but this is my first one
0: under my belt so. no dude you you did great i'm glad that you decided to come on here and talk like i said it was just i had, I had such a good time talking with you at the the timber ninja event and everything and i was like man it, this would be a cool cool podcast bs about some hunting and and uh i, I like some it. of the, a lot of the things that you say in your thought process behind things and i think it's pretty good so thank you for coming on
1: i appreciate it bro